Well, hi, you're listening to the Dear Balladeer podcast, the show where we find the perfect song for your predicament. I am your host, Sadie Gustafson Zook. On today's episode with Kimaya Diggs, we chat about a letter that Dear Balladeer received from someone who is in love with their best friend. So whether you are someone who has fallen for or fallen into the friends to lovers trope, or if you're someone who has fallen in love with a best friend and it has not been reciprocated, this episode is for you. Though I will say if it didn't work out for you, it might be a little triggering. So bear in mind. But we also listened to Kimaya's bop of a song called But I Do. So please enjoy the rest of this episode. Welcome, Kimaya Diggs, to Dear Balladeer. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm honestly just relieved that it is spring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really needed it. Yeah. The last couple days here have been really cloudy, and I was just like, why do I feel so bad? And then I woke up this morning and the sun was out and I was like ah yep gets me every time (laughs) yeah life is worth living again (laughs) oh gosh um can you remind me where are you located I'm based in East Hampton Mass okay cool yeah a western mass person nice I love it um and what are your pronouns she her cool yeah what about you um she they whichever and or um tight well, can I just start by asking you some questions about yeah. you? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Um, what identities are important to you? That's a great question. Um, I would say, like, my family is Indian and Black, and coming from a mixed family has always been something that's really important to me. Um, and my mom was also mixed, um, and so just, like, creating art that honors all of those identities is something that is very meaningful to me. Um, I also really identify myself primarily as a singer and that's an identity that has been like a core part of who I am for my entire life. And then I would say finally the other identity that like really describe like defines me as being an oldest child. <laughs> um, I have two sisters and then both of my parents are the oldest of their families and I I'm realizing more and more how much of my worldview is informed by um, having younger siblings. Mm, that's interesting. I'm the youngest and my parents are both the youngest. Oh, wow. So that's something to think about. Yeah, that must be such a different experience. <laughs> and like, what can you just give me an example of like how that plays out for you? Yeah. So like, you know, both of my sisters are adults and... Um, there's like a family memorial being planned right now. And one of my sisters was like, I think I'm going to help out. And I was like, well, if you help out, then I will have to help out because I have to like take care of them. And I have to make sure that they're not doing too much stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, oh yeah, you guys are like adults though. And you can do whatever you want. And I don't have to like facilitate experiences anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I was talking to my mom yesterday about, like how she feels really or like she was the adventurous person in her family and my Mm -hmm. dad has always felt like he was the adventurous person and then together like she feels less adventurous because he's there and I'm like well I feel like the adventurous and (laughs) so that's that's funny I love that 
<laughs> um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, man. I Well, I wanted to be a musician. Um, I didn't think that was going to be possible on my own terms, though, because I for years I was like, I can't write songs. I'm just going to be like somebody's backup singer forever. Um, so I always wanted to be a musician, um, and I also always wanted to be a writer. I used to, like, as a little kid, be like, this is going to be good for when they write the biography. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I have also moments of that being like, <laughs> I need to practice my signature now because exactly. someday it's going to be very worth something. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um, And at one point, did you start venturing into the songwriting um, I would say compared to like my music community that I have right now, I was a very late bloomer. Um, I think I wrote my first song when I was like 22 or 23. Um, and I still find songwriting to be very difficult and very slow. Um, and my partner is like a super fast, super experienced, super prolific, super intuitive songwriter. <laughs> and I've learned a lot from him. But yeah, I, I did feel like I had arrived late in the game because when I started writing songs, like some of my dearest friends in the area had put out multiple albums of their songs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm never going to catch up. But now, you know, I feel more comfortable thinking like, OK, it's a, it's just a different trajectory. Yeah. And what I know you just put out an album last month. I did. Uh, yeah. March 9th. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, And is this uh what number album is this so this is my i would say it's number two and a half because i put okay. out a full-length album in 2018 and then in 2021 i put out a holiday ep um and then yeah so this is my second full length um and it actually somebody i, I was just thinking about this the other day because somebody asked when how old the oldest song on my new album is and it's like five six years old so uh -huh. it has one of my very first songs as well as newer songs from when I got more of a songwriting process um so it's kind of exciting to think back and be like this whole thing has been in progress for a long time oh yeah and the the process of recording and then eventually releasing like that can take so long too seriously and so then to add on the gestation period of the songs themselves it can be like oh wow I've been working on this for like eight to ten years <laughs> yeah yeah it's such a strange process because like releasing it is the beginning of that of the album's life in the world as far as everybody knows but to me it's right. also the end of this really complex and difficult and exciting process so it kind of it was a little bittersweet putting it out. I was excited to have it out in the world, but I was also like, wow, that's closing up a chapter. The closing the of the chapter of... Like recording and exploring with the songs and, and learning how to produce and like being in the studio and like thinking about mixes. And um, I just was trying to hold such a strong vision of what the album was going to be like in my mind that I almost didn't think that much about what it would be like for it to actually be out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And then and then it's such a different process when you're like dealing with press or like trying to just like write 
uh, what's it called press release it or yes. just like summarize your life in a really concrete way but then it's like this was my life actually when I was writing these songs which was five years ago and <laughs> this isn't where I am right now but as far as the press is concerned it is yes yeah it's really it's it's so much like crafting a story to go along with the final piece that feels cohesive and I wanted it to feel like true but it also wasn't necessarily like the most current way I was feeling so it was an interesting mm-hmm. experience putting it out but I also like got so much good reception and good feedback about the album and so I'm like really enjoying this part of the process now too mm-hmm. well that's wonderful <laughs> yeah um can I ask you another question about uh creativity yes um do you have an example of creative expression from your youth that you still think about today Ooh. Let's see. I think one thing that I come back to a lot is I used to write these one woman plays that were musicals and I would make my parents like watch them. And there was one that I wrote about this like woman who's lost in the forest and it's the winter and she like finds someone who has a fire and she's like, can I sit by your fire? And the person's like, no. And then she dies. And I just, like, sometimes, like, a lot of my songs are kind of moody, and sometimes I'm like, why can't I just write some happy stuff? And it's like, (laughs) some people are just born a little sad and a little bit dramatic, and I just think back to, like, that child version of me being like, this is what I want to be seeing, and, (laughs) like... Throughout writing the album and recording, it was, like, a pretty isolated process. Like, didn't have a ton of collaborators throughout the process. Um, And so I had to keep reminding myself, like, I have been making stuff up out of thin air my whole life. Like, if I want a song to sound a certain way and I don't know how to get it there, all I have to do is just try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that helps sort of cut through some of the imposter syndrome of, like, I don't, I'm not an engineer. You know, I don't know this. I don't know that. And... Instead, I was able to be like, okay, as a little kid, I just like figured everything out and just did stuff so I could. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to hold that energy throughout the recording process. That's good. I think that that's a very, uh, that's a like nice grounding thought to, to keep you in the process and not be too in your head about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of technical skill that I just don't have and can't develop overnight and so just like being content with what I can do was very freeing Mm -hmm. um are there other creative pursuits that you enjoy I know you just said theater and writing yeah yeah I I'm actually in a in a year-long program to write a book so theoretically at the end of the year I'll have a book that's wow something I'm excited about I've wanted to do like I've been writing all my life but I've wanted to do like a more structured program for a long time so that's one thing and then I would say my other like true passion truly non-professional is sewing I love Mm. making my own clothes I'm playing at a music festival this summer and I just started working on the dress for that and I'm really excited oh my gosh that's so exciting I I've been also into sewing and I have been watching all the TikToks but it's that's a good idea to like have a event or like a tour that you're like this is my costume outfit for this like here's the deadline yeah um, I hadn't 
thought about that in a professional way. I like I made a dress for a wedding that I went to, oh, awesome. and that was like the timeline. Um, but oh gosh, well I I'm excited to see it. I hope yeah, you like, post about you. it. I will. I will. <laughs> I'm like trying to remember to like film some of the process, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, it's been super fun. It's like going to be a pink ruffly dress, and I'm very excited. Oh wow. Oh gosh, that sounds so fun. <laughs> um going back to the book is it nonfiction or fiction it is nonfiction. um I lost my mom a couple of years ago um after she had been sick for 12 years so oh, I've wow. been I'm doing sorry. a lot of writing about her for a long time mm-hmm. and then after she died I was also doing a lot of writing about her and realized like I have like a pretty large body of work here and I'm like you know lots of people lose parents lots of people write books about that um but we have sort of like I feel like the intergenerational conflict sort of between me and her and her and her mom is Mm. a little bit unique and so like I'm hoping it's a story that people are interested in um and I've been getting little bits of it published over the last few years um but I just like I really needed a program to help me like corral all of the pieces I have because otherwise it's just really overwhelming yeah, probably for like a book is a, a large project. Even if you're writing a short book, like yeah. <laughs> it does seem like that could be pretty nebulous. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not a big picture <laughs> person. I'm like a small details person. <laughs> wow. Well, good on you. Congratulations. Thank you. And I hope that it all comes together. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> hey there, dear Bella, dear listeners. Do you have any coworkers that are driving you crazy? Do you have any social situation that you're like, man, I could use the input of an unbiased third party? Well, this is a great opportunity for you and you should submit your thing to the Dear Balladeer podcast. You can go to our Instagram page, which is dear underscore balladeer, B-A-L-L-A-D-E-E-R, And our bio has a link to a Google form where you can anonymously submit your life quandary. We would love to hear from you. Okay, back to the show. Okay, can we transition now into your song? Yeah, let's do it. So here is But I Do by Kimaya Dix.
dear balladeer, my quandary is I'm in love with one of my best friends. Incredibly complex predicament since our lives are very intertwined. I'm a pretty analytical person, don't rely solely on emotion to make important decisions, so I honestly feel like I need trustable, solidified results, advice before admitting feelings, thus why I haven't done it so far. But I am so exhausted by these feelings at the same time and need advice on how to do this well and how to handle rejection or acceptance. Oh, that's a tough situation. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about how you chose this song for this situation? Yeah. So I thought of this song when I read the question because... um, this album was the first time that I had written a lot of songs like really very directly from my life. Um, and this song is sort of a version of an experience that I had with a really close friend where we met. And then I just like felt like I I was so drawn to them. I was like, am I literally in love with you right now? I just like had never met somebody like them before. And They couldn't really feel like figure out what was going on. Um, And it was like confusing because we both had partners and just we were working together. And I was like, what's going on? Um, And so when I saw this question, the first thing that came to mind for me was like, what does this best friend see in you? And what do you see in this best, best friend that is like nourishing to you like what does this person see in you or give to you or bring out in you that nobody else does because Mm -hmm. sometimes that is like being in love and sometimes that is just like a certain type of friendship like for me it ended up just being like this friend of mine and I like became so close because they saw aspects of me that just like other people wouldn't really acknowledge And then for them, they like took themselves so seriously and were so anxious. And I was able to sort of help them lighten up a little bit. And so (laughs) it's sort of like we're like missing pieces in a way where it's like, okay, I can like acknowledge this part of you in a way that other people can't and vice versa. So I'm like curious about the person who wrote in Mm -hmm. to be like, what is this friend? What is this best friend bringing out in you? And like, what are you bringing out in them that nobody else can do? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Because also like, this is a relatable question, but it doesn't have very many specifics. Yeah. You know, like we don't know if they're like in relationships with other people. We don't know, like, we know that it's apparently a complex predicament and their lives are very intertwined. Um, and yeah, I think that that's a good point just to say like what, to be able to name the positive aspects of their relationship as it is now, um, and try to maybe keep those in mind when making this decision of like, should I tell this person that I'm in love with them or not? Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. I'm also wondering, like, what is the hoped for outcome? Like, I guess obviously the hoped for outcome is that it's reciprocated and then they're in a relationship and they like ride off into the sunset. (laughs) But like, like what, 
you know, this is sort of like a basic question that has like a bunch of very obvious answers, but like for the writer who wrote in, I'm like, what do you hope will change in the relationship if it is Mm. reciprocated? You know, like a deeper connection or just like the same connection, but more or what? Right. Because if it's the same connection, but more, uh, it seems like maybe, yeah, holding off until or in, in, deter- in, in indeterminate amount of time, uh, you have like real, ed- or what is it, um, evidence that mm-hmm. the, the other person feels similarly. Or like if you never get that evidence to be like, okay, I'm excited about what this person is bringing to my life. And that in itself is like worthy of celebration. And, right. you know, I'm I'm happy to like love this person and I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of. Yeah. Because like, I think that's a tricky thing. I feel like in a friendship situation, if one person like shares their feelings and it's not reciprocated and then there's a lot of like resentment that's what can like ruin things but if it's like okay even if you don't reciprocate this relationship as a friendship is still super meaningful to me then that I think is like a recipe for success Mm -hmm. yeah but it's scary I think like I would be like probably moving to like Australia instead I'd be like (laughs) you're never gonna see me again because I can't figure out how to tell you goodbye (laughs) Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, like, what their interactions are like. Me too. Like, if they're very obvious about, like, because there's the, like, if they're really obvious about it and they don't know if the other person is into them, then probably the other person is not into them. Yeah. I need to hear from a third friend. I know. <laughs> yeah. And they probably need to hear from a third friend too. Like, I feel like that's the way that people do it is like, you get your third friend in there to be like, Hey, do some scouting for me. Is this person into me? Exactly. And be honest with me if they're not. So right. that I don't embarrass myself. Right. Yeah. I also feel like if I was in this person's situation, I would, I would come up with sort of I don't even know what to call it like a recovery plan if it doesn't work out like mm-hmm. thank you for telling me I am going to take a little bit of space for one week and then we'll ease back into things or something because like pretending oh I feel totally fine seems really tough too honestly for everybody in the situation if it mm-hmm. doesn't work out I obviously hope it really works out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, on the other side, there are people who, like, you know, they do it. They say they're in love with their best friend. It's really scary, and it's really messy, and then it does work out, and then now they're still in love. Like That's true. I would say that that's, like, what I hope for this person. <laughs> it It's tricky, though, because, like, I want to know, like, did they meet in school? How are they childhood friends? Are they family friends? Do they live together? Yeah, how intertwined are we talking? Yeah, exactly. Like are we sharing a bank account? That's not a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> Hopefully you're not. Um but like 
I do think it's like a high risk, high reward situation, but I do think it also requires like gauging the friend to be like, okay, if I tell you these feelings and you don't reciprocate, is that going to like ruin everything or is there space to sort of like get back to equilibrium as friends? Right. And I think it like depends on the friend a lot, like just their personality or like also I feel like if they're in circles where like poly stuff is in the situation or like open relate like I feel like people who are in those kind of relationships sometimes have a ability to have like greater nuance in their understanding of friendships and relation and romantic relationships or sexual whatever kind of relationships just I can imagine that maybe someone in that scenario would be better able to like take it and be like oh like thank you for telling me I I like really value you as a like yeah like see a little bit more nuance (laughs) instead of like oh my god you're obsessed with me and I'm freaked out (laughs) right yeah what do they call it in I'm like in in the world of therapy like transference like I feel like if you're in any sort of close relationship with somebody like the type of closeness that you feel for them can sort of like morph between Mm. different types of closeness like you could be really close friends with somebody and then feel like in love with them and not really be sure if that's actually what you're feeling or if it's just like a version of the closeness that you have together and like yeah I think that you're right if the friend is like very like emotionally literate (laughs) (laughs) they will be able to like receive the situation with a lot of grace whether they reciprocate or not yeah and I guess it also opens up the question like what does being in love mean to this person and like and back to your question of like what is your ultimate goal with yeah telling them or or not telling them right right because there's also like I mean, it seems easy to just be like, okay, just don't tell them. Just, like, let everybody live life. But there's, like, a lot of not telling them could also be bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if they start to, if the person who wrote in ends up feeling, like, resentful or, like, just sort of stuck or, like, underappreciated or not seen in some way that could also be difficult. So it's like a really fine line to walk, I feel like. Right. And this well, and I they, think it requires a, a third friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they also say like they're exhausted by the feelings at the same time. And Yeah, I just wonder like what kind of to quote them trustable solidified results advice do they need before making like yeah should we give them advice on like how to get solidified results like I feel like that's the third friend I think that is the third friend and I feel like the third friend is necessary for a bunch of reasons one is sort of like a temperature check two like if they say they're exhausted this means this has been going on for a long time and so like I'm not confident that their judgment is like at a hundred percent you know what I mean there Mm -hmm. could be just like the element of like emotional fatigue like adding a false sense of urgency and I think the third Mm. friend is the one who can be like hey like this is on no one's radar right now like this is out of left field or 
like they've been you guys have a vibe together and i feel like that could be cool you know i think the third friend is needed to be like perspective from outside right 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 right. or to be like hey cool off like yes (laughs) you're coming on very strong and it's like making the rest of us uncomfortable (laughs) yeah yeah that could i think that's super necessary um it's yeah, like I said, high risk, high reward. Like it could be so <laughs> special and awesome and it could be super sad. And I guess I also wonder like is this person like if the feelings are not reciprocated are they done with the relationship with mm. the friendship or mm-hmm. willing to kind of keep it going? I'm curious about that. Right. And I guess that depends like what they're trying to get out of it and what it's worth to them. Like if the discomfort of knowing that the feelings aren't reciprocated is uh, more, I don't know how to, how to end this sentence. If, if they would rather have the discomfort than the friendship mm. or maybe for a while. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think like if they're turned down, like there's going to be some amount of discomfort and it could be like mild discomfort or it could be like big meltdown, sad. Right. (laughs) And also like time is an important factor too. Like that I've definitely had situations where I turned someone down and then, you know, time passes and then we're okay again. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And I would say, like, time also just gives a sense of perspective because, like I said, with them being exhausted from, like, the burden of having this knowledge, like, it does give you some perspective. Like, I know with me and my friend, like, I really lost perspective the more time that we spent together. And then we stopped spending time together as much just for, like, miscellaneous life reasons. And that was, like, exactly what I needed to be, like, oh, it's less about my, like, this relationship is about what we see in each other. It's not about, like, us two as a unit. Mm. Um, so, like, it gives a little bit of perspective <laughs> and also, like, a little bit of healing time if needed. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm I go back and forth between like when I first read this question, yeah. I feel like my gut response was like, "Oh, tell them." Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. risk it. Um and then I like did a little Google search and did read a WikiHow article <laughs> on like if you should tell your friend that you love them. And <laughs> it was kind of like, "No." Like pretty much no unless you are sure that they are feeling the vibe. Ooh, that's really interesting. Which I don't know. I didn't, I don't know if the person who wrote that had been burned and that's why they were being very cautious. Um, But uh, also to go back to what you were just talking about, I wonder like how in their head this person is about this. Because it seems like if they're exhausted by it, it's easy to just like be thinking thoughts on a loop in your head about like oh this person like I just cannot stop thinking about them and you're not even thinking about them at that point you're just thinking about like some idea that you have and right uh in that way I think that space can probably be really helpful 
I think so too. I also just think like, I, I, the other thing that I feel like is important to consider for this person is like where the friend is at when they, if they decide to tell, like if their, if their friendship is such that they rely on each other emotionally a lot, that could be like really, really tough either way. Like if it's reciprocated, it can become like a, an entanglement. Maybe that's too close. And if it's not reciprocated, then it's like two people without their primary emotional support sort of like spinning out. Mm. So I'm like, I I feel like I kind of agree with the wiki. How <laughs> like, don't tell them unless you're totally sure. But also just like, I think the decision can't really be made until the person gets a little bit of perspective, like gets some respite from this like emotional exhaustion so they can sort of see things a little more clearly. Yeah. Yes. And may so maybe like taking a little bit of space, like checking in with other friends and just like doing activities without this person. Yeah. Like I think just taking a little bit of distance would also would give you that perspective and give you, uh, well, maybe just the perspective. I feel like I had two <laughs> things to say and I don't remember what the other one was. I think, yeah, well, I think the perspective is like super, super valuable. Because um, like the worst thing to do would be to make a choice with like such tunnel vision and then after the dust settles, be like, oh, my God, like, I never would have made that decision if I had been thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. That would be really sad. Unless it worked out. Unless it works <laughs> out. Yeah. And then I'd be like, that's amazing. And also, OK, so this question is making me think about, like, in middle school, not not to be patronizing, but like in middle school when I would have friends that would have crushes on people and then they would be like. And the other, and it was reciprocal. Yeah. And they would be like, oh, I like, they wouldn't be cued into the clue. Like, they would be so in their head about it that they couldn't even notice when the other person was actually into them. Yeah. And like, then as the friend, I had to be like, duh, <laughs> like, just like pay attention. Like, it's obvious. Like, you don't have to be so worked up about this because you could just like tell, like, just pay attention you will have the confirmation you need and then you can tell them and then you can live happily forever after or whatever you want. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's like super, super applicable here actually because like this person clearly cares a lot about their friend, doesn't want to make them uncomfortable. Like, you know, like they're clearly not like, I'm going to tell them like no matter what, but they clearly care a lot about their friend and I feel like if they've been best friends for a long time, then they could be kind of too in their head and just being like, I don't want to mess things up. I don't want to make this person feel awkward. And it could be just super obvious. Yeah, just yeah. For, a, for a positive perspective. Yes, just in yeah. case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why we got to get that third friend. So if you're listening, yes. third call friend. up a third, third friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> also, they say one of their best friends. So it sounds like they have, you know, a support network of best friends enough that's to true. call people, multiple people, a best friend. Yeah, so reach out to another one of the best friends and be like, <laughs> what do you think about this situation? Yeah. Um, one other thing that the WikiHow was talking about that I thought was smart was like in the case that you do decide to tell them, 
uh, be intentional about the setting and like giving the other person an opportunity, like being maybe, I don't remember exactly what it said, but just like giving the other person an opportunity to leave afterwards if mm. they want to, or like um, making it. Now I'm trying to remember like what would like a park close to a car just like giving them an opportunity to have a getaway yeah uh, i think that's smart like a parker like coffee shop or something because like you don't want to be over at their house right and then they have to be like please leave leave <laughs> <laughs> super awkward yeah that definitely is smart just like make sure it's a neutral location that's not too like loaded with friendship memories or anything like that. right not Just... like the most romantic place don't dress up i think oh <laughs> sometimes <yeah. laughs> in my past people have dressed up for things when i was like <laughs> i had someone i was like planning on breaking up with them during the oh, date no. and they came wearing a tie and i was oh. like oh my god <laughs> like oh, it geez. feels a little bit manipulative to like be so fancy <laughs> <laughs> no i know what you mean it's like it's not the proposal it's just literally <laughs> it's like, not a rose ceremony yeah. <laughs> it's just like a little bit of information yeah <laughs> uh. cool honestly i feel like that's pretty thorough i feel like awesome they should know what to do by now yeah good well, luck they shouldn't know what to do but they have some options yes yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, really good luck. I hope that whatever happens, you can still be friends and maybe more. Yes. <laughs> I hope. Well, this has been awesome. Yeah. It's been very nice to meet you. <laughs> you too. You too. Um, and where can people find you, your music, yeah. So my music is like on all of the streaming platforms, but also you can find me on the internet under Kimaya Diggs on Instagram. And my website is kimayadiggs.com. Awesome. Okay, cool. So everybody check out Kimaya's new album, which is called Quincy. And um, yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dear Balladeer podcast. If you simply cannot get enough and would like to hear more of each of these conversations, you are the perfect candidate to become a member of the Patreon page. On the Patreon page, you can listen to the songwriter sessions, which is an extended version of each episode of Dear Balladeer. On the songwriter sessions, we talk more about the songwriting process from each artist's perspective. We talk more about artistry from the artist's perspective. And sometimes we talk more candidly with some details that I have not omitted. Um, so <laughs> just, yeah, that is, that is a challenge for you to become a Patreon subscriber to check out what you've been missing. If you are interested, go to patreon.com slash SadieBGZ and you too can become a member of the Patreon page. And if you're someone who's been enjoying the podcast but doesn't want to spend any money, you can be really helpful by rating and subscribing to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.